You got a voice for podcasts. <laughs> Is that what people tell you? You have a voice for podcasts? You have a face for podcasts. That's what they say. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I go by the name of Alan Woods. Hello, everyone. I'm Kyla Woods. And this is the Permanent Plus One podcast, the place where marriages go to live. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen. Yes, living marriages. <laughs> yes. They're way better than dying marriages. Way better than the one. But you can be resurrected if you're mm. in, you know, if you're in a situation. There's On the hope. third day. Hey, <laughs> there is hope. There's everyone. definitely hope. There's hope, There's guys. Hope. Um, and so... I was talking to some people about the podcast uh, this week, and I was saying, you know, we are not um, experts in any capacity. We are uh, just living the dream within our marriage, and we know what's possible in marriage. And so we just want to share that and make sure that people know that it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also don't have all of the answers. So we are still um, going to be talking to other couples that are doing this marriage thing to see how they are doing it and how they are thriving within their marriages um, so that we can learn more things from them. Mm-hmm. Because we are just shy of seven years. Almost seven years. It's almost seven years. <laughs> and um, so, you know, we can learn from the people who are, you know, at... 27 years yeah. and the people were yeah <laughs> i mean i'm trying to i'm trying to learn how to you know what what where they went wrong where they went right you know trying to figure that out so for, for those of you who are just now tuning in this is your first episode hearing us um that's what our whole purpose is that's why we're here it is so and we don't shy away from talking about the work that is involved with making you know marriage work yeah. like making marriage um successful on a day-to-day basis versus a year-to-year like oh we're celebrating five years we're celebrating Mm -hmm. six years it's how are we celebrating this last week (laughs) how did did we get through this this last week (laughs) and sometimes that's what it is Mm -hmm. you know it's it's a daily thing so it's you know when you get to an anniversary or whatever you know you're celebrating that um but it's you're celebrating each of the 365 days that were in between right you know those two anniversaries you know so you know that's that's why we're here that's what we're doing yeah. you know we're just out here trying to be great and um you know speaking of people who are great <laughs> are we going into a segment about you <laughs> <laughs> we weren't we i were. think you're pretty great well thank you <laughs> How come in the beginning of every what? podcast you be trying to end the podcast? I early. don't. Yes, Wait a minute. Do. Hey, we on number five? Hey, this is it is time for a number five. Oh goodness, it With is. Cheese. Oh, um, so we were gonna talk about your homegirl, Oprah. Yes. Yes. Your best friend. Is she? I mean, not best friend. Okay. Like, okay. I don't want Beyonce to get jealous. She's. I mean, <laughs> she's. You know, she's a friend in my head. Okay. Um. So she delivered quite the compelling Golden Globes speech. I haven't this past seen it weekend. yet. I know you haven't, so right? So tell, tell me. So what it's I really missed. good. And you know, this is the thing. Here's the thing: people are like, like everybody started going nuts. Like, oh, it. She's running for president. Oh, it's a president. Like it literally was her talking about, um, you know, the the strides that we've made, mm-hmm. but how far, how much more significant, um, the work is that we need to do. Right. 
So she talked about being a little girl and, and seeing representation. And, and she spoke to little girls who are watching her at that very moment, which again, as I'm watching it with Ava at, at 11 years old and Ava said, looks at me and says, I'm that little girl. I mean, that's a real moment where she sees representation and she sees a person who looks like her giving a gold, a golden globe speech and winning a prestigious golden globes award with the, um, Cecil B. DeMille award, which is what Oprah was winning. So, um, I mean, for me, it was like a huge, huge moment because I grew up watching Oprah. Obviously I grew up watching other women in media and for Ava to be able to see that and also for it to resonate with her was a really significant moment. Yeah. Um, and she talked about the work though, that still exists. The yeah. fact that we still have so many people who are oppressed and so many people who are disenfranchised. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was really great. And I think that, you know, maybe some people beyond Sunday night's award ceremony just kind of took it <laughs> and yeah. ran or blew it out of proportion. But for me, it, it is what it is. Like it was a it was a black woman on TV winning a phenomenal award mm-hmm. and acknowledging the shoulders that she was standing on in that mm-hmm. moment and the future that she hopes to inspire by them, such as Ava, being able to see that in that moment and say, I can also do that and because Oprah more, did. It. And acknowledging that there's still more work. Exactly. To do. Yeah. Exactly. So it was really great. It's That's a dope. it's a really great speech. Yeah. So I hope that you get to yeah, I'm gonna check it, it out. Yeah. You know? I've been, uh, you know, looking at a lot, you know, I, I spent uh, the the last uh, several days <laughs> uh, just where were you perusing the oh. interwebs oh. Oh. <laughs> from from where <laughs> do tell. Oh, I went to the nether regions mm. <laughs> of uh, I was in the south of <laughs> the south of France. You were in the south. Sa- well, <laughs> well, the south of Florida. <laughs> you were in the south of Florida. Yeah, I, I went to Miami. Um as a part of a sabbatical um and uh it, it was cool because as an entrepreneur and especially as a social entrepreneur a lot of times uh we are a hundred percent dedicated to the work that we do and we don't take the time out to for self-care and so last year um i got a fellowship through echoing green which is a um, it gives you the ability to uh, kind of grow within your, your organization and they have different platforms to make sure that you're getting what you need to be where you need to be for the organization and for the people that you're serving through your organization. And so one of the things that they build in is a self-care stipend. Some people use it for health care if they uh, aren't in a position where their organization provides health care or, you know, in the past they said that some people have used it for a you know silent retreat in the mountains or whatever which i literally did look for one of those did you i did but there weren't there were none in warm places <laughs> you so really wanted to go somewhere warm i yeah i wanted to get away from uh the cold temperatures i don't like cold weather Mm-mm. um but you know i i wanted to go do something different and for me a solo trip I've never done that in my mm-hmm. life, and it was weird. And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> I was," because I asked you before. I was like, "Man, like, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna be bored." And you were like, "You know, take some books that you've been trying to yeah. finish, and you know, take them and read them or do whatever." But there's so much to do in Miami that I never really got to, you know, sit down and read. Even when it was raining, it was, you know, I still wanted to explore. Like yeah. on my last day, um, I went 
Got up super early. I set my alarm for 6.30 so I could walk to the beach. I was staying on South Beach. So I walked a couple blocks to the beach, and I wanted to watch the sunrise. And it, it was beautiful, and it was just – it was just – it was a lot. And it was crazy because there were seagulls that were flying around, and then they would come, and they kind of landed on the shoreline as the sun was coming up. Oh, like, really? Like they were watching it too. Like mm-hmm. it, it was really crazy. I'm, I, I took a picture of it, and it was like we were all just sitting there just watching God work, you know, and, and watching yeah. the sunrise over the ocean. And they see it every day, I'm mm-hmm. sure. But for they them – They don't get tired of right, it. Right. <laughs> that's the thing. It was like, you know, for them to like – just stand and they were just like groups of them just kind of in solitude and they were just like watching towards the sun and it was just like this is what it's yeah. about you know and so as I was out there it started raining and I was like but I'm on a beach watching the sunrise <laughs> right like, like who can complain about that you, you know can't. and I was just like you, you know and so I actually did a live on my way walking back to the hotel you know just talking about finding your beach mm-hmm. and sometimes you know we'll look at the fact that it's raining instead of saying but I'm on right. the beach watching the sunrise right. we'll find something to complain mm-hmm. about so like what can we do in our daily lives to just find that thing that we can focus on and yeah. not get distracted by the raindrops that are you know hitting our life when everything yeah. else around us is beautiful and it's wonderful and you know it was just it was a great experience you know to just go away and not you know have to answer phone calls and not do emails and not do meetings and yeah. you know it, it was it was great it was difficult you know kind of being away from you but it was like you know just a moment of solitude now i haven't had that in so long where like mm-hmm. i didn't have to you know i didn't have to do anything like i got a hotel that was like a suite so i could cook you know so i'm like you know i mean i wouldn't like cooking cooking you but know, you but were kind of I mean, though but I was like breakfast were, and okay stuff, you know because i was like you know i don't want to go down here and just spend you know 15 20 every day for mm-hmm. breakfast mm-hmm. i was like i know how to make breakfast you know like i mean i right. can make other things but you know if i'm going to enjoy my time mm-hmm. i was like i can just you know cook in this uh kitchen and you know it was cool because you ain't got to wash nothing because right. they come and wash <laughs> it for you it. yeah i mean it was like i was living a life living the dream it's really smart though yeah you know so yeah so I, I think that that was one of the things that for me the thing that I took away from that experience was that even though you know when you get married you say that you know the two shall become one mm-hmm. um, and I think that in marriage a lot of times we're so focused on the fact that we're now one that we forget that we're still two yeah and so you know for me this was a reminder that you you still have interest mm-hmm. you still have you know your own you know time that you want to get up right you know and your own time that you want to go to bed mm-hmm. and you want to randomly you know you get caught in that hotel trap of watching hgtv and keep it up with the kardashians i was like why am i watching this you texted me like <laughs> yeah i got caught up by hgtv i'm like you're in miami like why are you raining. it was okay. raining that day. okay it was okay. actually it was storming that day okay. so i was like waiting for the, <laughs> the rain to stop but you know what if you want to sit in yeah. your room and watch hgtv right. in miami you get to do that right and that's 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 the thing is like you know it was a self-discovery type thing i got to go to as many museums as i wanted and i got mm-hmm. to take my time and you know just be me by myself and a lot of times mm-hmm. um we don't do that yeah we know, don't know how to do it yeah people don't like to go to restaurants by themselves movies movies nothing you know yeah. and I, i've done that before too and i know how to 
entertain myself Mm -hmm. but it's different because like you're going out of town and every time you go in a restaurant like you know it's like you know how many and you're like one and they're like (laughs) like (laughs) Like, what what do you mean one (laughs) (laughs) oh sorry (laughs) like don't be sorry i'm fine and then like i was looking for groupons for stuff at (laughs) auto groupons were for two people for meals not built for one (laughs) not built for one i only want to come to your restaurant and eat one person's meal (laughs) but yeah i mean so it was cool it was different uh and like I said, it was a reminder to me that that we, though collectively we are one unit, mm-hmm. and but we are individually ourselves. Yeah. And and a lot of times people lose themselves. In I marriage. do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and maybe they don't think that they have the room to be themselves. Like yeah. they feel like they have to succumb to you know the marriage or the or the concept of marriage, not the marriage itself yeah. or what it should represent, but what they think it should represent or what somebody's told them that it should represent. Or sometimes when we hear the term submission Mm -hmm. as wives, um, because it's biblical and it, you know, and so some, some people misinterpret that and think I have to lose myself. I have to completely lose myself and not have an identity within myself, not have my own interests, not venture outside of, you know, what my husband likes to do every Mm -hmm. day. But, I mean, I think that we do a really good job of, of balancing that. Yeah, and, we definitely and, do. Yeah, and, uh, and of supporting each other in our own personal interests, but then also being able to collectively um, support each other yeah. as a couple. So so speaking of uh, supporting each other collectively, mm-hmm. um, you also have uh, a lot of new uh, interests individually. I do. Um, we do. <laughs> I do. Oh, no, you do. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, yeah, like I guess with the cooking thing. I yes. mean, like that's you know, it's not yes. Chef Chef Boy R Us. Chef Boy R K. Right. It's K Y L A. Yeah, and so like I think that that's cool. You know, like we were talking on the last show about some of the requests that you made. You know, for like Christmas gifts and things. Yeah. So you know, you got the Aisha Curry, you know, cookware that you yes. asked for, but you also asked for a new cutting board yep. and knives and things like that. So I was like thinking. Um, you know, she wants all this stuff and she wants to, you know, you're, you're finding this new interest in cooking as a hobby. Right. Not that you weren't cooking, you know, for our family because right. you do the majority of the cooking, but then it's like, it's becoming more fun for yes. you. Yes. And so I was like, you know, as part of your gift, one of the, the other things that I got you was a cooking class mm-hmm. or an, a knife skills class specifically with a tablespoon um and so you did that tonight yes uh so you just you just got home we're recording super duper late we are it's super late we both have full days (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah so i went to my tablespoon cooking class shout out to chef jordan hammonds who led the class and did a phenomenal job and she had uh, two other chefs as well um max and becca who helped with the chef with the class and it was just so much fun it was fun and it was insightful. So like, you know, we, we cook, you know, you cook at home and I've honestly cooked more in the last year than more consistently, I guess I've cooked at home than probably the last, definitely since we've been married. Right. So I like to try to cook at home at least, you know, once, twice, three times a week. Um, and what I learned was that I, first of all, was doing my knives all the way wrong. So I learned some new techniques as far as the uh, using my knives go. Um, and I learned that you should use different techniques depending on what you're cutting. So you use a different um, knife technique for your green peppers. You use a different knife technique for your onions, which onions are by far the most 
commonly used uh, vegetable in our kitchen for sure. And maybe many of you um, use onions a little bit more than other vegetables. And it was just a really, really hands-on class. It was a very educational class. And I just learned so much new stuff. And uh, it made me very excited for the next time that I make a meal. because And, I, and the funny thing is I made gumbo this past <laughs> week. <laughs> yes, you do. I made gumbo this past weekend. And, of course, I used, like, so many vegetables. And uh -huh. so I chopped so many things. But it showed me. Um, not only a better way to use my knives and you got me some new knives for Christmas mm -hmm. too. You, I'm telling you, you really spoiled me. Um, but also a more efficient way. So the way that I can cut vegetables in a quicker fashion. Right. So like it doesn't take as long. I'm able to do it in a, in a way that doesn't make as much of a mess. Mm. I just, I learned a lot. As we think about what marriage is like and when we have these different problems and, so, and, and uh, things that come up, Sometimes we try to use the same solution for everything, like the same solutions that we've tried in all our other relationships, whether it be with our parents or our friends or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so even like, you know, if we use the knife skills class as a metaphor, like there's different knives for different things. You better use the metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> you better you better illustrate how this <laughs> applies to marriage. <laughs> and there's different <laughs> strategies for each each item that you're cutting. So like you can't have the same exact reaction to the fact that, you know, your husband forgot to take the trash out right. as you do if he forgets to pick the kid up from school. Right. You know, like it's <laughs> two different <laughs> two yeah, different situations. Like, <laughs> and I'm not saying pull knives out. I'm <laughs> saying that there's two different solutions. Right. And, or, you know, there's two different ways to go about approaching mm -hmm. that particular problem. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, in, in relationships that are often toxic, sometimes people use the same exact thing every single time. Mm -hmm. And then that's why you have these relationships where, you know, people just are automatically blowing up at each other, you know, every single time. Mm -hmm. um, I recently listened to Kevin Hart's book on Audible. And when I tell you, it's... <laughs> you it's, said it was like the best it's thing the, ever. It's, it's a 13-hour comedy show yeah. is essentially what it is. Because he's reading his own book. Um, and, and it's called I Can't Make This Up. And, you know, he's giving you his whole background. He's talking about his story. He's talking about his parents. He's talking about his uh, previous marriage. And one of the things in his previous marriage, like they used to have a lot of fights, mm -hmm. a lot of arguments that turn into actual physical fights. And he was like, it would be anything. Mm -hmm. It would be everything. Like no matter what happened that was like where it ended up, like where the police ended up being called and mm -hmm. somebody's going to jail. Like that. And, and a lot of times in our relationships, we look at it and whether, even if it's not physical violence, we just look at, well, I'm going to solve this this way because she pissed me off and now I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And that's just how I have, you know, dealt with everything in my past, in my life. And so that's how I react to everything. Right. And so when we think about even in that class, learning that, you know, because if, if you didn't know what to do with the knives, and like mm -hmm. you said, this whole time you've been doing it wrong. Right. It, you know, and, and like it got the job done, but it's not as efficient. And that's the thing. Right. That is the point. And, and, and even and Jordan even mentions that like during the class. And she was like, you know, you may have gotten it done. Mm -hmm. Like it may have been done and it was OK. Right. But you're learning the skills and you're learning um, the, the proper techniques here tonight yeah. that make it more efficient. 
make mm-hmm. it more fulfilling, make it, you know, healthier, make it more sanitary. Like mm-hmm. we're learning the the proper way to do it. So like you said, like it, it, using it as a metaphor, it's like maybe you've been operating this one way for yeah. you, through your relationship or through your marriage. Mm-hmm. But then when you really take the time to invest, like tonight was an investment. Yeah. You got that. You gifted that to me. Right. So you paid for me to be able to go to that was an investment. When you invest in these tools that you need for your relationship mm-hmm. um, or for whatever skill you're trying to get better at. Yeah. And then you say, you know what? I was doing it with this one way and yeah, eh, it was okay. But now I'm like 10 times better right. just because I just spending one night, <laughs> like actually dedicating my time to it and yeah. my effort. So it makes a huge difference. So for some people, that investment is taking 30 minutes out to listen to this podcast. Right. You know, for some other people, that's an investment in couples counseling Mm -hmm. or premarital counseling Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, We haven't been at a point where we've done couple counseling, but we did premarital counseling. Mm -hmm. And not that we're above couples counseling. If it got to a point where we needed to do that to be where we need to be. We've talked about counseling before. On the show, I mean, we are not anti-counseling. Right. You got to do what you got to do mm-hmm. to make sure that your relationship is where you need it to be, mm-hmm. um, and to make sure that you know, even in those circumstances, as you learn these new skills and these tips and tricks, um, to to make sure that you are enhancing your experience in marriage uh, in the same way uh, as your knife skills class. Even once you learn those techniques, you have to do what you have to do to keep your knife sharp. Yep. You know, so whatever it is that you need to do to keep your relationship sharp and to keep it in a place where it is actually functioning properly, mm-hmm. you have to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm thankful that, you know, you've had this this epiphany of, you know, you know, cooking being this new fun thing that you're enjoying. I love to see you do it. For those of you who are not following, following Kyla, uh, make sure you follow her on Instagram. It's Kyla Woods TV. Um, just make sure you follow her and she's always got stories jumping off with yeah. new, you know, recipes and it's so you much know, fun. Yeah. I really get so much joy out of it. And I've had, and, and it, it was a very organic thing. Like, you know, I mean, you know, it wasn't something I planned. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something I mapped out. It, it, it wasn't there. There was no strategy behind it. It was just something I enjoy doing. I enjoy cooking for my family and I know for sure that there are not even just moms, there are dads, there are families, there are um, caretakers who are looking for quick, you know, fairly healthy meals to prepare for their families on a consistent basis. And so I saw that and I'm like, I really want to help people in that way. So whatever I find, I'm going to share with everyone else. And so hashtag chef boy, RK, C H E F, uh, B O Y A R K A Y. Did I stumble? I, I don't know. <laughs> Wait a Just, minute. I was like, uh, I almost went. To the top. Uh, yeah, uh, she, it's a long hashtag. F A B O L O U S. Oh, okay. I didn't know. But I didn't know. What was the happening. bottom line is, I enjoy it, and I, and I think people enjoy it too. I've gotten a lot of good feedback. Just that people enjoy it. It's authentic. I'm like, I keep it all the way real. I might have just come from a workout. Like I tell people, oh, I just got a 20 minute workout in. Hey, <laughs> we we get ready to cook this meal. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we keep it 100. And so, I hope everybody, if you tune in, um, I hope you enjoy it. That's what's up. Thank you. Man, you're so beautiful. Oh, honey. I'm so glad you're back. Miss you. I'm so glad to be back. <laughs> and what do you have there in your hand? I am ready for a new <laughs> our segment that we introduced the last time. Yes, I'm so excited. It is <laughs> our segment called Literature. Yes, literature. Uh, here we go. <laughs> I'm reading the back cover that says, Do you really <laughs> understand rap? <laughs> Sometimes I wonder. So. 
Uh, I'm, I'm going to, we have some that are uh, dealing with food tonight since you went to a cooking class. Oh, okay. Um, so, this quote is from the Notorious B.I.G. Always a good one. Y- you can never go wrong. You can't. Uh, this is a lyric from the song, Who Shot Ya? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. The lyric says, get Swiss cheesed up, period. The amount of bullets that enter and exit you relative to your body's surface area will be greater in number in an equal proportion to the number of holes in a slice of a particular type of milk-derived sandwich ingredient. In an equal proportion? <laughs> it's, so proper. it's so it proper. It's so proper. Okay, is. is it my turn? I have one for you. Oh, okay. I have one for you. Yes, I'm ready. Let's, rem- let's remind them of the name of the book. Okay. Okay. Um, understand rap, explanations of confusing rap lyrics you and your grandma can understand. Shout All right, guys. Grandma. Shout out to grandmas. The way I floss, y'all chickens should be clucking. Lyrics from the song All the Chickens by artist Cameron. I am imagining him in his pink fur coat with a pink flip phone Mm. and maybe some pink jewels. Jewels. Santana. Or jewel Santana (laughs) around his neck. My appearance, highlighted by my stylish clothes, fancy car, and expensive jewelry, which is so clean that the only thing left for me to do would seem to be (laughs) to put the finishing touches on my teeth with a piece of string, should make women who I treat like domesticated poultry provide sexually, wait a minute, provide sexually for me. First of all, that's a very, that's a very intricate description. The the, the teeth with the string. (laughs) He's flossing, baby. (laughs) (laughs) With a piece of string, I cannot. Uh, Oh, you guys! Shout out to William Buckholz. Is he the writer? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He's not black. He's not. He's somebody's grandson. William Buckholz. Buckholz. Oh gosh, we should get him on the show. (laughs) William Buckholz. Yeah. Thank you, William. All right. on a slightly more serious note. Yes. Oh, yes. Some, oh, goodness. Yeah. Some, foolery. some foolery. Some foolery. I know, I know. But this is something oh, that we found on the interwebs. Yes. And, you I know, just... there's there's a lot on the interwebs. Yeah. Uh, this particular um, thing that was on t- the interwebs was a young gentleman uh, who young black gentleman yes a young boy he's yeah. a boy little boy little boy little boy who was uh you know in an h&m ad yes um, and his shirt said that he was the coolest monkey in the jungle it makes me so upset <sighs> so feel about that you know what i i will say this i think that if it was not intentional, let's let's say it let's say it was not ill intended on the on behalf of H and M. Let's let's play the devil's advocate. Let's say there was a table full of non ethnic people who were making decisions, which is not out of the realm of possibility. That is usually the case. That is usually the case. So you don't have anyone at the table that says, "Hey, this probably is offensive yeah. <laughs> to a certain population." So that doesn't, I'm not 
excusing the behavior. But the the oh, the broader problem is that we don't have enough people of color at the table yeah. when these decisions are being made. Or there aren't people at the table who are willing to open their mouths. Exactly. Because I don't know who the stylist was. I don't know who the director was, the producer. the the Because there's usually someone from the corporate uh, yeah. entity in the room. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that also at this type of shoot, the parent would be there because he's a, definitely a minor. And yes. so then my first question when I saw it was, where were his parents? Uh, and somebody's response to me was, um, you know, we don't know their circumstances. We don't know. We, we can't say we I mean, we don't know the the parents could be out of work. This is also playing devil's advocate but parents could be out of work this could be the only check that they have to look forward to and you know do you quote unquote sell out to this you know opportunity to be in this ad by letting him wear the shirt or are you disconnect because it could be that they're disconnected and they didn't even realize that it was an issue so you know that there's a lot of things that you know I think all of those things are a possibility. Mm-hmm. I think also you have to consider the fact that, first of all, the, the language on the shirt could have been added to the shirt post-production. Somebody else mentioned that. Okay, so that is a realistic, uh, you know, I, I've done some commercial work. I've done some some print modeling. Um, and you, you, first of all, you sign your life away. So, and then if you're represented by an agency, the agency has paperwork that says basically you can be wearing whatever if you're doing it individually, you're signing a bunch of paperwork saying that they can do whatever. So there's a lot going, there's a lot to consider when it comes to this. Yeah. So there's there, it could have been, you know, posted onto the shirt beyond his parents understanding beyond his understanding. It could have been a plain green sweatshirt. Yeah. And then next thing you know, it shows up on the website and it says something that you're not comfortable with. And you can't say anything because you signed and you agreed to allow them to use your son's image in whatever way they see fit. Yeah. And there was an, another situation similar to that uh, not too long ago where there was a parent who I think it was a little black girl who somehow ended up on an ad for like an abortion clinic or something. Yeah. And, and you, yeah. It was like stock photography. Mm-hmm. And it was just like the parents tried to sue and it was just like, you can't well, do when anything. It's a stock, you know, when it's a stock photo, mm-hmm. which is a different scenario, but you know, when it's a stock photo. Yeah. You can't do anything when somebody has paid to use the image yep. that you've basically signed your rights over to. Yep, exactly. So there are a lot of factors. I think at the at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I charge H and M with the um, with them, you know, designating that this young man wears this sweater right. that says this this phrase that could that's be inappropriate. perceived as uh, racially, yeah, un, you know. Yeah. yeah. To me, all of the weight is on them. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, but I think, it, like you said, it goes back to the conversation of who's in the room. There are some things that we are culturally sensitive to. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, other organizations, specifically corporations, need to be more aware that there are some things and some coded language. And, you know, there are lots of things that have been used as tools of oppression in the past that we, you know, are still a lot more culturally sensitive mm-hmm. to. And, uh, but yeah, you have the right people in the room, then, you know, things change. And I think that as an or- as individuals, we have to learn how to speak with our money. Um, I, I personally don't, you know, fool with H&M anyway because mm-hmm. I think that they have a bias against big dudes. 
You're not a fan of it. You every time. So when I go in there, you're like, oh, I'm good. What I'm gonna They don't for have a, anything for a me pocket in there. Square, yeah. like they have yeah. nothing that fits me. I like H and M's, you know, clothing. Yeah. I've I've been able to find quite a quite a few things there. But you're right. It's cool like, for little we guys. have to. Yeah, we but have yeah. to. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, with dollars. you speak with your money. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can post whatever you want on uh, websites. You can post on social media. You can rant on Facebook. All you can do ten thousand posts on Facebook, but guess what? It doesn't matter. Like yeah. you. You venting on Facebook dro- doesn't matter. When they drop that next outfit that you like and you're trying to go to the club, if you decide to go in there and spend your money, then doesn't that's matter. where that's where your real opinion mm-hmm. lies. So, um, you know, just as a reminder, that is something that, you know, individually and collectively we need to be more uh, conscious of where we're putting our money. And uh, when we hear about things that don't sit well with us, we need to make sure that we are actually speaking with our dollars mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you can do that, you know, so. And when we're at the table, so you mentioned, you know, we, we can't be afraid to say mm-hmm. what is wrong and what is, what would be culturally, you know, offensive and what we don't think represents our culture well. Mm-hmm. Well, so we have to be unafraid to speak. And I think the older we get, like you and I talked about this and I think as as you as you get older you're a lot less afraid to kind of yeah, say because you you've worked and you've like you've you've found your voice mm-hmm. um but you have 20 somethings who are still at tables they're still trying to figure yeah. it out they just got a job they want to work their way up mm-hmm. and it's like oh I can't say that because if I say that then that's gonna blackball me and you don't want to rock the boat you don't want to rock the boat yeah. but we have to get to a point where we don't we're we, we're not doing that and we're not saying I'm not gonna say something because it's gonna hurt me later like we got to take the risk and I mean everybody's not going to be willing to do that but I I think that we have to be a little more unafraid to say this is culturally insensitive this offends me and my family and my culture and I'm not going to let this ride for the sake of me trying to get a promotion or trying to appease this boss who might be able to get me you know, and to a better position. So yeah. I think that's that's kind of a broader thing too. And it's just something that you know we we as you know African Americans have to deal with on a broader place. You know, like mm-hmm. we there's just so much that we have to do to get where so we much. want to be. Um, and so there's decisions that have to be made every single day. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know who was in the room or if there was somebody who wishes now that they had said something mm-hmm. that could have changed the narrative. But all in all, it works out well for the young man, um, according to social media, which I believe everything I see. Diddy has offered him <laughs> a million dollar contract for Shanja. Has he? According to, to Instagram. I mean, he's gotten a lot of play on social media. Hey, so, you know, it is what it is. So hopefully, you know, everything works out for that young man. He's not traumatized by the situation. He's able to benefit from it. His family's taken care of. Yeah. And he is um, able to, you know, continue to, to live his life. And um, I just hope that he's not becoming a target, you know, of sorts. Right. You know, yeah. I've seen a lot of great art come from it. A lot of people have been yeah, inspired been by him. Yeah, a lot of art. Yeah, like, you know, so, hey. It is what it is. Things happen and, you know, we just have to learn from them. And, you know, one of your favorite quotes is that when people show you who they are. Man, believe them the first time. The first time. Believe them. Yeah. That's real. Well, believe it or not. Dun, dun, dun. The show is over. I know they go go so fast. They go so fast. So fast. 
But for those of you who have not had an opportunity to listen to the previous episodes, this is episode 14. So you can 14 already. Yes, 14. Oh, it's so exciting. So you can go back and listen to the previous 13 episodes and let us know what you think. Um, Subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Permanent Plus One. And make sure that you're responding to us. So if you see anything that sparks conversation or if you have any questions or, you know, anything that's dope, anything you want us to talk about, make sure that you're sending us messages on those social media platforms and we will be sure to include you in the show we have a lot of people that we want to talk to that are other couples coming up in 2018 yeah so stay tuned for that um and speaking of couples shout out to derek and felicia down in miami hey derek my, and felicia my echoing green people um so we we hung out a lot they have a beautiful home in miami and they are making moves with uh code fever and black tech week down there in miami so you know if you are in miami show them some love um, they got a brand new co-working space that they're in and it's beautiful and i told them i was going to copy everything that they did yeah. <laughs> you were inspired by it i was i yeah. was and also shout out to ori that's the, their daughter she's four she's yes she's a, she's a wild child <laughs> but uh, she's a lot of fun she's funny and uh no i don't miss those things no it's <laughs> so much energy i a don't know how energy. people are doing it yeah. <laughs> we're dealing with older kids like we yeah. in that chill out phase yeah, but pray, <laughs> prayers up for everybody with Ooh. kids who are uh, under uh 10. yes under 10 yes yeah. under 10 <laughs> but until the next time love each other holla <laughs>